0: Hey guys, welcome back to Sundays at 7. Alright guys, we are so excited that you can join us today for Sundays at 7 because we are kicking off. I mean last week we kind of kicked it off, but this mm-hmm. week we're actually getting down Going into more in the depth. details. Yeah. With our Enneagram podcast. And so as you all know, last week Randa came and she kind of shared um one a little bit of detail on each number, numbers 1 through 9. And kind of, it was really funny, too. We were just sitting here talking about how she literally had no books in front of her. She Mm -hmm. was literally just spouting off knowledge. And one of the main things that she shared was when this Enneagram number walks into the room, what do they see? And, like, when we did our Bible study with her and James, that kind of gave us a fresh, like, perspective on, you know, how... That number actually sees Because like she said, the Enneagram is kind of like a lens. Like Mm -hmm. everyone looks at the world through a different lens. Mm -hmm. And um, so yeah, we have a special guest today. So everyone, let's welcome... Allie Norton! Norton. We're so excited. Seriously, we are so excited. And the great thing about Allie too is she's a one. We love ones. Seriously, we do love ones. Um, So we're kicking off this week with... um, The first number, Enneagram number one, and really quick before we, we're just going to ask Allie some questions and kind of get her insight on a lot of things, but before we go into it, we just kind of wanted to rephrase that this isn't, um, this isn't like a very like, you know, serious, like, this is how the Enneagram is because, you know, this is how you are because this is how the Enneagram tells you you are, Putting you in a
1: box or something. Yeah,
0: this is just like a tool that we just thought would be fun to talk about and use and... And when I was reading a book this week, and it was really cool because it says, Um this lady was learning about the Enneagram type, and she said the knowledge didn't hurt it didn't simmer it didn't part the clouds it didn't turn on the lights, but somehow it was felt like I was seeing wholly or fully for the first time. She said I was afraid of my brokenness, and I feel like I just wanted to kind of go back to what Randa said last last week about um a lot of other personality tests sometimes shine a light on the good parts of you." whereas the Enneagram almost shines a light on your brokenness, Mm -hmm. and
1: it's so good to bring that out. Mm -hmm. Um, Become self-aware. I think that's the most important thing in this whole thing, and just being more self-aware.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, like, having that awareness
2: of others and, like, Mm -hmm. the, the better understanding of them just to, like, Show them more grace throughout life to know like the lens they look through.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Oh, super good. <laughs> <laughs> Starting off hot and spicy, <laughs> hot and spicy. <laughs> all right, so basically this podcast we're just it's a little bit different format than all of our other ones. We're just gonna ask her some questions and she's just gonna answer them. To
1: see the world through a lens of a woman. Classic,
0: <laughs> classic combo is going on right yeah. now. Um, so we're just gonna kick off. We're gonna ask you kind of how you learned about the Enneagram. What was your um, kind of like oh I really want to do this and yeah I think probably
2: the way I learned about it I don't honestly remember it was I have friends that just moved to Nashville and I follow a lot of influencers or whatever you want to call it um, and just a lot of them were like kind of talking about it and their numbers and stuff like that and so I just kind of wanted to look more into it so I took like a couple of tests online that were just free um, and at first I actually was mistyped as a six. Um, which, sixes have a really big inner committee, um, but ones have a really big inner critic. So, when I actually learned I was a one, I think was probably listening to Any Downs' That Sounds Fun podcast. And she had the ones on there talking, and I was like, this is me. <laughs> like, they get Wait, my brain. say the name of the podcast again. That Sounds Fun. That Annie Sounds F Fun. Any Downs. Yeah. Okay. Downs, I've heard her before. Um, mm-hmm. So, that's, the somebody on there made the comment of whatever number kind of, like, you know, like makes you be like, oh, I don't really, I don't really like that one. It's probably your number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's pointing and, out your
0: brokenness, like pointing yeah. out things about you that you typically don't let people see. Yeah. So
2: the one was that for me, um, and the six wasn't really, so that's kind of how I was thinking, like, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely a one, and the more I've looked into it, like, just the further confirmation I've had of being a one, mm-hmm. so.
1: How did you feel, like, when you first figured out that you were a one, like,
2: Kind of weird, because again, I, it didn't sit well with me, because I guess, like, the classic term is, like, the perfectionist, and I, like, hated the thought of that, mm-hmm. um, but then as I've gotten deeper into it, I think I've had a, a better understanding, and, like, it's kind of helped me, like like you said, like, see your brokenness um, and the things, you know, the areas you can change a little bit, um, but also just to be, like, aware of, like, how you are, um, how that comes across to other people, and, like, how... One, you can love other people better and how they can better love you. And I think that's, like, brought a lot of light, I guess.
1: I think another thing that this does, it helps you chant, like, obviously it tells you about your strengths as well, and it helps you channel those, like, in a healthy way. Because you can channel things in a wrong way or channel things in a healthy way. And I feel like this helps you channel certain characteristic or traits about yourself in a healthy way and kind of learn how to direct those in a path that's good. Right. I
0: love that. And what's super crazy about Caitlyn and I like we said last week we're both sevens but in stress we move to a one. Oh yeah. And so when we're kind of unhealthy that's when like we move to the unhealthy part of a one and that's typically not the better side that I want people to see of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very like overwhelming, I'm stressed, I need to get things done, like I need I have these many things I need like the the main thing in my life I remember is right before I got married. I um, had a to-do list, and I reached a point where I was like, I have all these things to do, and I don't have enough time to do them. And I just str- – I didn't really sh- – I guess I stressed out because I was just trying to get them all done. I was just really overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. When I'm overwhelmed, I'm not the fun-loving seven that I
1: always am, <laughs> you know?
0: And so I thought that was – The parts
1: I, I think I relate mm-hmm. to the most – I would relate to the perfectionist part, I think. And I think the main thing about that is just wanting everything I do to be the best it can possibly be. Um, and not just, like, for me, but for, like, the benefit of other people, too. Like, um, Caitlin and I lead a small group together. And, like, I feel like my tendencies kind of come out when we're, like, planning for that because I want it to be the best for them. Yeah. You know what I true. mean? Yeah. Like, I want it. And sometimes it can be. I don't know. So
0: I can always yeah. tell when Kate's typing on her computer because she sends me probably 10 text messages <laughs> at one time.
1: <laughs> text on your laptop. It's a lot easier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny, but mm-hmm. I love it. Anyways. Um, so the next question is if this is just a fun question. Um, <laughs> if you, if your Enneagram number could be, or if your number could be personified in any animal, what do you think it would be?
2: I'm not going to lie, I had to look this one up my brain just wasn't coming up with any other animals but a cat or a dog, (laughs) Um, but uh, we came up with a bee just because they are very organized and make organized structures and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know that they're super overly critical in their small brains, but they um, they, they work for really good things and kind of work well together and kind of have roles that they live within and stuff like that, so... Probably a bee. How about a
1: know. queen bee? Yeah. <laughs> I like that better.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. Also, bees are hardworking, and they're just, like, like I don't know. Like, when I talked about how they're, like, building those intricate structures, I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely a one. Mm-hmm. Or they also mentioned, we were, like, Googling it earlier, and I mentioned a beaver, <laughs> too. <laughs> because beavers, you know, build dams. They build those structures, and it's very, like, intricate the way they put the sticks on, I guess, mm-hmm. maybe. So, I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. But, anyways... Um, so we kind of want to get down into like what your number is and what you're like, what I feel like in your life is a situation that you most feel like the one in, like, is it like your job or maybe it's like,
2: Oh goodness. I just, I just feel like a one all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I, it's definitely in my job, I'm a dentist and, um, that you know, we have a lot of good rules we have to follow, but. You know, you have to work hard and pay attention to detail. We work in millimeters, so, um, and kind of have to be very critical of our own work. So, definitely that comes out there. But, honestly, just any given situation, like social situations, I think this is, like, probably a good example and also can kind of just help you understand a one a bit better. It's just, like, even in a social situation, like if I go to, like, a birthday party or something, um, like, I don't necessarily, like, overly criticize myself there or like criticize people there or anything like that. But then when I leave the situation like on the war at home or like the next day or going to sleep that night or whatever, like I just like keep like playing through the scenario in my head again. Mm -hmm. And like, should I have said this there? Should I have said something else? And like, I kind of play situations through like over and over um the word like I've kind of fixated on a lot is like rumination like so when a cow like its cud and then like choose it again stuff so, like that um that tends to be where my brain lives it's like over like just like thinking about the same thoughts over again and saying like oh I should have done this or mm. I should have said
1: that or like oh that would have mm. been a really good time to say
2: this and I didn't realize that like not everybody does that <laughs> and like that's more of like a one thing
1: like overthinking and overanalyzing
2: yeah probably mm-hmm. overanalyzing more than anything I'm just like oh like or, like, I'll think of, like, really funny jokes, like, five days later. But it's, like, why am I still even thinking about that situation <laughs> five days later to have thought of the really funny joke? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and,
0: That's funny. But. And that is true that the one, kind of what Random mentioned last week, is the only number that has that internal critic. Yeah. That, like, does, like, think and, like, kind of, yeah. you know, I guess push you to, mo- or motivate you kind of to do certain
1: things. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I kind of want to talk about like ones in real, like a relationship way kind of thing. What's and your, so, so
2: Allie's married. What's your husband's? Yeah. Daughter? He's a seven <clears> as well. <throat> so we're kind your of the true opposites attract, the old one in sevens.
1: <laughs> so how, how, I'm just interested in how you've seen this kind of come out, not just like romantic relationships, but relationships and general friendships. You know what I mean? Like, how have you seen, I don't know, these yeah. tendencies come out and in, in the way that you approach people and loving people or yeah
2: so I think definitely um again I go I I frequently go back to like oh I should have said that to them or I should have been more encouraging here or stuff like that um I think on the flip side of that um like people showing us love or whatever um I think it's really easy to if like somebody says like anything not even meaning it to be harsh but to like take it and to, like, look for the worst in what they were saying. I, I think I'm very prone to kind of look look to the worst. Um, of like, because my husband kind of says this to me all the time, he's like, why do you always, like, think the worst about something? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I just, like, assume that's, you know, like, if somebody said something in passing, like, they literally probably meant nothing by it, didn't even remember they said it. But, like, it's one of those things, like, it might have been a little bit critical, and the overcritic just, like, turns it in overdrive. And it's like, mm. yeah, I, that was so right, and that's what they meant. And, like, mm. you know, like, that is, you are wrong, or, you know, like, those kind of thoughts come up a lot. And so, but then on the flip side of that, like for a friend, like as a person to be a friend of a one, I think like the encouragement you give them is like so special because like, it kind of like dampens the like sound of that inner critic. Mm. And so like, I'm really bad at giving people like words of encouragement um, because they don't come to my brain naturally, but like receiving them means so much because like it can kind of dampen that and like, I don't know, like, dispel, like, kind of the myths that the inner critic Yeah, because it's
0: not like, like you just control the inner critic. It's just there. Yeah. Like, it just happens. It's just there in your brain. It just mm-hmm. works and works and works, and it's not like yeah. you put it there, you know? That's just how your brain works.
2: And one really big thing, um, I was, like, have listened to a couple of podcasts just about ones and stuff, and somebody said on one of them, um, like, that, like, can you have to make a distinction? Like, the inner critic is not the Holy Spirit? And I think that was, like, oh my really, gosh, like, that's good. eye-opening for <clears throat> me because it's one of those things that, like, in a really, like, rule-based legalistic faith, I just thought the inner critic was the Holy Spirit. Like, oh, they did want you to do, you know, and um, to kind of, like, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't produce criticism. They produce, like, peace, you know, peace love all those things but criticism is not a fruit of the spirit and so
1: oh that's um, good
2: that's like a big uh, to me that's one of the biggest things I think that I've like taken away from the Enneagram as far as like from a faith perspective is Mm. that like like I you know like I know like Jesus saved and you know like we have the Holy Spirit things like that
0: but to make that distinction Mm -hmm. was huge I think in my life Mm -hmm, yeah that's uh, that talks about that in this book that I was listening to. Yeah, it just talks about how she also kind of thought that the inner... She was like, yeah. I like didn't really know the word for what the inner critic was until I took the Enneagram test, and the Enneagram kind of named it for me. Mm-hmm. She was like, the Enneagram pointed out these things I didn't have words for because I didn't really understand them myself. She was like, then the Enneagram said inner critic, and she was like, yeah, that's what that's it, it, it is. Yeah. Then she says, the voice of the Holy Spirit is louder for me than the voice of the inner critic. And yeah. God turned that into... Like, he, like, brought the Enneagram to me to kind of reveal that to me. Mm-hmm. Because it, like, can so easy be mistaken for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think so. that was, like, a
2: huge shift in my faith was when I realized, like, those were two different things. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. Like, because it's just, it just honestly, like, changes your faith when you realize that, like, it's not all about being criticized all the time. <laughs> and, yeah. But.
1: Knowing this phrase, just came. I love this phrase anyway, but knowing your enemy, I think, just kind of came up so like in your life do you feel like when you feel those thoughts coming do you find yourself not just because of the Enneagram but you're just like more self-aware about it now being able to take it captive and like change your thought pathways and stuff like that yeah Yeah. that's powerful that's what um,
2: I don't know I think like like you said like taking those thoughts captive it's like you can it goes back to, I don't know, like the, like feeding those thoughts or whatever. And it's like you can either feed that critic and like sit and play with those thoughts and kind of mm-hmm. go over it. Or you can, you know, like most other people don't have that. So they just like move on. Like they went to the birthday party, they went home. And like they may think about a couple things here or there. But generally like they move on to the next thing in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that's kind of what we almost have to like force ourselves to do mm-hmm. or to like give those thoughts to Jesus and to say like, hey, like dispel this myth for me, you know. Um, and, like, put that truth in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of been the biggest thing.
0: Have you heard of the Tale of Two Wolves? That's, I think, what I... I was thinking coyotes in my brain. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but that's, yes. <laughs> I'm going to read it really quick. This, this is one of, like, my... Um, one of, like, the most favorite things I've ever read. So mm-hmm. I'm going to read it. Um, it's just a tale. It says, an old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. And then he says, a fight is going on inside of me, he says, to the boy. It is a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. One is evil. He is angry, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. He continued, the other is good. He is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The same fight is going on inside of you and inside of every other person, too. The grandson thought about it for a minute, and he asked his grandfather which wolf will win. And the old Cherokee simply rep- replied the one you feed.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that's crazy. Really and I'm yeah. glad
0: you brought that up. Cause that's so true. Like, right. are you going to feed that inner critic or are you going to feed the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. You know, and you kind of have the
1: choice, Yeah, which is, and making that distinction. Like when you start to hear those voices, like these aren't real, like I wasn't created to think these thoughts, like mm-hmm. the, this is the enemy invading my yeah. thoughts kind of thing. And like, just being self-aware enough—that doesn't mean they're gonna go away—but just being aware that that's, that's not God's voice, I think, yeah. is is powerful and good advice for people who. Well, I mean, we all resonate with that, but maybe yeah. specifically ones kind of more do so.
0: that's Yeah, good. definitely. <clears throat> um, you kind of went into a little bit about as a one how like encouraging, like being encouraged, is like really good for you because it kind of does like quieten that voice. What are other ways, like, if you were to talk to someone? Um, or like even someone who knows a one, like what is a good way to love a one?
2: Um, I just think having a ton of grace for them. Um, you know, the biggest, I think, I don't know, it's like hard for me to explain, but I think like knowing that, cause like, I feel like sometimes ones can have a reputation of like being like, Oh, you're doing this wrong. Or, you know, because it is like the the improvement, like trying to achieve perfection type thing. Um, but I think knowing that, like, they don't mean that in, like, a uh, we're trying to criticize you kind of way, but that's just, like, how our brain works. Like, we see the what could be kind of thing. The potential. Um, and so, like, having just grace for them in that. And then I think just knowing that, like, any criticism they bring to you, like, I promise they criticize themselves more mm. um, and not in a selfish way of, or like overly thinking about themselves, but just like knowing that like it kind of, it doesn't go away easily for us that like inner criticism that we experience. And so like anything you could say to them, like they've probably already thought about themselves Like anything negative, like they've probably already thought it about themselves. And so just knowing that like, if they kind of do bring that critical spirit, like to kind of have grace for them and understand that like, that's, you know, like, yeah, something, it just is like the kind of the big struggle there. Um, but then also just having that encouragement to like kind of override that critical voice and
0: yeah probably prob- the two for things. sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we've talked a lot about like the the inner critic and the criticizing and everything and so we've kind of honed in on a lot of the you know brokenness <laughs> that comes with a one so like on the flip side what is something that you feel like you do well is a one, like what's the most encouraging thing about your Enneagram type? I think we do really well is follow the rules, <laughs> to be honest. Um,
2: but on, just in general, like an overall sense of morality and like, you know, like the, we, I think at least for me as a one, like the rules are there for a reason. And like, I have to have a reason to want to follow the rule. Like if I think the rule is silly, I'm not going to follow it. But if it like makes sense, then it's like, Oh, everyone should do this. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, like that is a good thing in general. Kind of what you were talking about, like working really hard and um, just like being really like task oriented and detail oriented within those tasks um, and kind of seeing like the potential of what could be. And I always just, Probably definitely not a one, but I, when, like, Joanna Gaines goes in a room and kind of, like, turns it around, that's kind of what, like, I imagine, like, the ideal one being, like, the one
1: that can kind of be, like, oh, like,
2: here's this, we're going to make it so much better. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what
1: she is. I know.
0: I can see so. that, though. Yeah, yeah, that's me a too. Good,
1: that was a good, like, metaphor illustration. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. But, yeah.
0: Because I feel like the inner critic isn't always bad. It can, like, motivate True. you to do things. Like, it can motivate you yeah. to get tasks done. It's just, like, you can't let that inner critic voice be louder than the well, Holy Spirit. yeah, and life. there's
2: always, like, you know, we we don't want to have that blind spot and, like, not ever see a need for improvement.
0: You know, you don't ever right. want to be
2: complacent or anything like that. And so I think the ones are really beneficial in that of, like, not, not letting you have that blind spot as much, um, but also, like... Just like you said, being in a more like productive way and not yeah. in a like, oh, I'm going to sink into this and let it consume me kind of
1: way. Mm-hmm, right, right. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, like, I feel like wh- I feel so weird calling people numbers. <laughs> <laughs> people who relate to this, you know, thing we're talking about right now uh, would be the best, like, people in the workplace or like students or people like that, you know, like, because they're so. I don't know. Self disciplined. I feel like mm-hmm. you're self disciplined and you're gonna They're get like things surgeons done. Or like yes. people that have
0: really intricate, like are obviously dentists. Like yeah. you're literally drilling into people's teeth. Like <laughs> that needs you to be. Like, so I Actually, <laughs> love the dentist.
1: I love the dentist. I can't wait. I love to go. I do not love the dentist. <laughs> I'm scared of it. <laughs>
0: um, but I feel like surgeons, like jobs mm-hmm. that take a lot of attention to detail, or
2: like your your. Um, um, tax
0: season, like, you would want your accountant to be, like, oh, oh yes, you know, like, see all those details. <laughs> you're right. That's yeah, true. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Alright, so, our next question is, what advice would you give people that are in the same number as you?
2: Hmm. I think it would just, probably, like, the biggest thing, and this is kind of advice to myself, but it would just be to, like, always like take whatever situation you're facing or whatever's like playing in your brain and just like taking it to the word of God and letting like that be the standard of your life. Um, Because I think it's so easy to let that inner critic override that like, you've got to have that constant, you know, like, uh, I don't know, opposition to it. Right. (laughs) Um, And I think that would be the biggest thing is just to like, Stay constantly in the word and in prayer and like, let like Jesus encourage and like speak truth into your life. Um, cause I think for me that's the biggest thing is like the biggest like f- faith shaking thing that I realized was when I realized like it isn't like based on me and it was just like, Hey, like you can just exist and like you don't have to be perfect and you don't have mm-hmm. to like have it all together. And I know that's different for everybody because like not everybody like spends their life trying to be perfect. And so I think, like, just to, like, take it to Jesus and, like, let his grace, like, cover your life and, like, you literally don't have to be perfect, you know? And I don't know. I just love that so much. (laughs) So I think that would, I guess, if that's advice at all.
1: You know, like, you saying that makes me think, like, uh, uh, obviously a healthy one or whatever you say. (laughs) If you, like, channeled all of these, like, positive like attributes that you have, like being responsible and hardworking and having high standards and being self-disciplined and all the great things that are, you know, that ones resonate with or whatever. Like if you channel that towards like your faith, like I feel like Mm -hmm. that's just so powerful and like such a good tool for the church to have lots of ones who are going to be. Follow like yes and, yes yeah. and dedicated and responsible and all those yeah. things like if you can,
0: yeah. and see the potential mm-hmm. people that can see the potential in things
1: and yeah, even detail oriented you know yeah
0: mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. Yeah. so you talked about I mean obviously like as a one or someone I feel bad like he said not I so bad, I'm, like. <laughs> it seemed weird if we were I you a number <laughs> 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 I was um, someone who relates with a one yeah I like, <laughs> um you talked about obviously how. We talked. We talked about how the Holy Spirit obviously needs to be louder than the inner critic. So, is there a specific passage in the Bible or a specific Bible a scripture verse that you've memorized or really kind of pay attention to or recite to kind of drown out that inner critic or the? Um, probably like the one that I guess like comes to mind most is I guess it's
2: uh, I sing it more in like the song <laughs> more than anything, but like Isaiah twenty six. Um, when it says, like, thou shalt be in perfect peace, whose mind is fixed on you because they trust in you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think But like, that little song, like, I don't know, there's a little song there I <laughs> Oh like man, sing, I saw I'm not going
1: to <laughs> <you> right now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: there will be enough to criticize later. We don't need my singing. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the biggest thing is just, like, if your thoughts are fixed on him, then it's going to be peace. And if your thoughts aren't, then, like, that inner critic's going to disrupt that peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just... like you said, taking captive every thought, those kinds of things are just more, I guess, powerful in my life.
0: Yeah. I was thinking, like, when I move into a one or I'm stressed or whatever, I feel like the main scripture verse I would think would be, like, peace be still. Yeah. Like, that would just be, like, I remember reading that on a retreat one time when I was in a point in my life where I was, like, living in stress a lot. And so I was probably living more like a one. And I was just sitting there, and all of a sudden, I was just like, peace, be still. Like, I don't need to be, like, thinking, or I don't need to, you know, I just need to be still in the presence of God. I like that verse is really... Mm-hmm. Any verse about peace, obviously. That's a song, too. <laughs> peace, peace, still. Oh, Ooh, you, miss, you know yeah. that one? No, I don't, but that was beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike you, I'm not going to criticize myself later. <laughs> I just know I'm not good.
1: <laughs> I feel like... I kind of do resonate with this a lot. Like when I'm, str- I don't really believe in stress, but I guess everybody gets stressed, so whatever. Uh, but um, I would say, like that verse, take captive every thought, which I looked it up just now just to be 100% sure and make sure I was right. <laughs> um, it's second Corinthians 10 5, and that's one of my favorite verses take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And I feel like that's important for everything, but all, especially people who struggle with overanalyzing and being hard on themselves and wanting to be mm-hmm. perfect all the time. Like, those don't come from anyone but the enemy. Like, that is not God telling you you have to be perfect judge everything, right? You know what I mean? So just just a simple, like, reciting of that in your brain, like, I need to take this captive because it's not coming from um, the Lord. It's like, it seems, you know, that doesn't mean it automatically goes away and everything's healed. But it just having that thought go through your mind is just so helpful. It has Literally, been for me. Like the thought
2: I feel like I have to take captive the most is, like, Jesus died for this like so you don't need to try and like do all this right now like and you know like it's because it's again like every single day I like try to be perfect and like you know like I show up to my job on time and I do all these things and it's like those are all good things but like you like that's not what defines you and your Mm -hmm. goodness and I think that's like you know like literally just like reminding myself of what the gospel is is like the thought that I have to like simmer on the most Mm -hmm. to
0: like get through that or whatever yeah mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. jesus died for our freedom yeah he like you know broke our chains and freed us and i feel like a lot of times if you relate to a one you can feel like you're kind of bogged down mm-hmm. by a lot of that inner you know critic mm-hmm. or you feel like you have to be your own savior oh.
2: No girl like
0: you don't <laughs> you've got jesus calm down yeah. <laughs> mm,
1: that's good
0: so, yeah that definitely Um, so our final question tonight, this has been so fun.
1: This has been, yes. I've learned a lot.
0: Me too. (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah. Um, our final question is, so, Randa talked last week about how it's like on one side it's a gift and on one side it's a curse. And we've talked about the curse a lot. But on the flip side, as a gift, like how do you bring this gift as a one into the church or into your community?
2: Yeah, I think, um, just... One, being able to, like, look for those things to improve is a huge gift. Um, But, like, you talked about, just, like, the, like, devotion and, like, steadfastness and, like, you know, just, like, wanting things to be done well um, Mm -hmm. and to, like, work hard and all those kinds Mm -hmm. of things that, like, can eat. Like, any of that is a blessing um, when in the right, you know, like, in the healthy side of it. Um, So I think that's just the biggest thing is, like, you know, I feel like the whole like being like good and I don't know, like just like having like good, high standards, stuff like that, like it's all like good things that are brought to that kid, you know, that are brought by ones.
0: Right. Yeah. You lead a small group, right? I do. Okay. What age group do you lead? Seniors in high school. But oh. I've been with since they were freshmen,
2: so. Wow. Yeah, I got to. Enter on a new venture for
0: them. <laughs> high schools in general, high schoolers, are a rowdy bunch that need That's true. that, yeah. you know. They do. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times in our group, as a seven, I will get caught up in their, like, stories, you know, and it can go on forever. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, tell me more, tell me more. And then and then I get excited.
1: I'm like, yeah. yeah no, and then we, we, we do. look down and it's like 30 S- minutes in. I'm like, oh, no. And <laughs> no. we're like, oh, we have a
0: whole lesson we need to do. <laughs> So that's really good that you can, you know, timely and keep things. You have a lot yeah. to bring to a community, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've known Allie for forever. She's been one of my best friends. And she's, <laughs> remember that one time we were getting stuff ready for Taylor's wedding? And you said a one and a seven were perfect together. I, because yeah. a one can be detail-oriented and a seven can, like, bring fun to the whole, you know, thing. Because sevens are hard workers, too. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's but- why I made a seven, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what's, like, your main takeaway that you just want to, last piece of, you just want to share in this moment?
2: I, this may not be one specific, but I think, like, the one big takeaway, hopefully from all of the Enneagram series that you all do, I think, this goes back to what I said at the beginning, just to kind of be able to have grace for the people that look through a different lens than you, um, and hopefully, Mm -hmm. like, understand how to love them better, and, like speak into their lives and be a part of their lives in a really healthy way that um, you know just brings joy
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: definitely mm-hmm. man
1: this is so fun <laughs> it honestly um, like makes me it motivates me to be more like you know in the good parts of this like I wish yeah. I were more like it said on there you would never find a one 30 minutes late to work or something like that and that is like the opposite of me so like a lot of the like learning about all these different yeah. numbers makes you like as as a different number be like wow there's right. parts of this number that you know I want to be more like yeah, I want right. to be more responsible I want to be more well, that's what, like, attention I go to through detail every number like
2: a helper like I do want to help people more like yeah I love that. Mm-hmm. and then you know you, you go through all of them you're like oh too, and so it, yeah. it is it's kind of interesting that like there's always something good that you can be like man i want to be more like mm-hmm. this yeah for that number definitely it takes
0: us all mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. every part of the body that's right body work that's right, oh, work. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> all right well Allie, thank you for being on our podcast yeah, this has been fun. so fun <laughs> and uh, everyone stay tuned for next week we are going to have a two on the podcast to talk about the helper so um we are so glad that y'all could join us and join us next week for
1: Sunday's at 7 bye guys